It's just me and Dano though, no corpse today. Uh, Where are we, Minga? Corner of the. We're back. Corner of the round navel. Navel. Yeah, so would have liked to have done a pod uh, after that UFC because we actually um, did pretty well with the predictions. Um, wasn't that a great card? I don't know whether it was because it was Australia, um, you know. It, whether it was better for us than it was for everybody else, probably was, but it was just, it was fantastic. Yeah, the Australian factor had something to do with it, didn't it? Definitely. For us. Yeah. But fuck, it was so sick. Well, we had, I got Jenkins on point, nailed that one. Pedro submission, you and Corbs had Pedro KO. I heard that, Um. well, actually, he came out on his Instagram and said that he had a gastro before that fight. I hope so. I think well, he would have, yeah, for sure. And if he had it bad, I'm sure that would it like it'd be horrible trying to fight like that. Yeah, because he it because it was very weird that he gassed that easily. It was very weird. Then we had I had Croot uh, submission. You had Croot KO. Corbs had him head to head, so that was the draw because uh, of that point deduction in the last round for holding the fence. Yep. Um, even though none of us got that right. Uh, you know, pretty close. That was a pretty epic fight, wasn't it? That was good, yeah. He looked like he was gone. Yeah. And then we had Taffa KO, which was the lock of the week, and that saluted first round. Jeez, that was good. Yeah, we said take first round. If yeah. anybody, hopefully people got the value on that. That was like $4, I think. Um, then we had Della Maddalena all by KO. That happened. That He, he looked, I mean... I thought Randy Brown would give him a bit more of a fight than that, but I think Della Madeline is just a bit of a killer. Looked like a bit of a mismatch physically at the start, didn't it? With the size and the height and the when they were like just moving around, I, th- I was thinking, "Fuck, how's he going to get in there and actually get in?" But he just as soon as he, he closed waited, the distance, yeah, he just cl- waited, closed the distance, and just got him. Had him on the fence and just it was over. Yeah. He's got heavy hands. Um, he's called out Vicente Luque, which would be a really good fight. I reckon he'd probably win that too, to be honest. I think Vicente's kind of getting past his prime. Mm. I, um, yeah, I liked him. I liked everything about him. Liked yeah. His, liked his flat nose and everything. He said he was heading to Bali afterwards. What's he going to do there? I think he's staying in Cuda. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be Cuda. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, that was that was really good to see. I can't wait to see him fight again. Uh, Rod, uh, what did I have? I had Rodriguez points. Corbs had points. Um, he finished that with a triangle. He looked so fucking Fuck. good, man. How well does he kick? And oh. How accurate is he? Because um, what what's his bloody name? Emmett doesn't have a torso. Like Emmett's all, all legs, head. Uh, there's no torso there, man. Like he's got, he's one of the smallest torsos I've ever seen. Like, and Yair was body kicking him and landing it every time. I don't understand how you, 
how you even do that is to it, a man who scary? doesn't have a torso. Is that's it, how accurate he is. Yeah. yeah. How do you kick a man's torso when he doesn't have one? It, that's that's incredible accuracy. Yeah. Like that's like I have a needle stuff. Yeah. Well, you're literally kicking something that's not there. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Oh. Um, and he did look good, but I don't think he beat he's, he'd beat Volk. But they say that uh, they're probably going to go with a rematch of Islam and Volk, which I think they should. Um, which would mean Yair yeah, would would just have to defend that interim belt against someone else, which I think they should make happen because Volk's just probably going to clean up everyone in that division anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I thought he looked so good. I think it'd be a da- could could even be a dangerous fight for Volk. He got clipped a few times from Islam. Nah, come on, Minga. Nah, nah, nah. Not even a danger fight. Don't think so. But, but like, not, don't you think don't after don't you think after what Volk showed us in that Islam fight that like he just wouldn't have a problem with someone like Yair? I think what Volk Volk showed in that fight was fucking like took his stocks up so much. That yeah, was incredible. It did take his stocks up. It was incredible. For, nobody else, nobody else can do that with Islam. No one else can survive that. Can survive. I do feel like I was sticking up for Volk last week, Minga. Yeah, you were. I was I was wrong and I'm happy to be wrong on that. Good. But um What were your thoughts what were your thoughts on the decision? He didn't win the fight. No, put it this way. He didn't he lost the rounds, but he probably won the fight. If that fight kept going, if that if there was if that wasn't the end of the fight, he probably wins. Remember when I said Volk would take him into deep water? Yeah. Did you get any others right? <laughs> I got the main thing right. <laughs> I said Islam's never been there and he's never been there and it showed it. I was right, Minga. Yeah. I just can't believe how Volk fucking just well. Took him. He just took him somewhere that he's just never been before. And mm. Volk has been there. And he loved it. Needed more time. You know what Volk did that kind of, look, it was kind of cool but kind of frustrating. You know when he was like talking a lot to the to the crowd and Islam's corner and stuff mid fight, mid rounds. It's sick looking back on it, but that at the sick. but at the time, because he was doing so well, I didn't want him to have a lapse of concentration in any moment, and I felt like the moment that he was in, he kind of got lost in it at times, and if he concentrated a little bit more, I, I don't know. I'm not saying he could have won or anything like that, but. No, I think he was just fired up. Like, he, I don't think it was going to, like, lap, give him a lapse in concentration. Yeah, looking back on it, it's so cool seeing the, the replays of when he was ripping the shaka and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How sick was that? Oh, man, it was fucking and, awesome. And you know what I loved about what, what Volk did was, and I think I even heard him talk about after the fight, is he reckons these days when he, when he, does his, when he walks to the ring and uh, the octagon and stuff, like he laps those moments up. He's not stone cold focused. He lets the crowd and the energy and stuff get to him. And I, I thought, I don't, and I don't know if it's because, like, it was an Australian fighter and Volk, and we love him and all that. But I thought that ring walk and the song and everything, I, I almost felt, I almost felt emotional when he was when he was coming out. How did you feel? Um. They're pretty excited, um, but unfortunately, I was you know I made a I had a, I just kind of 
you know, made a poor read. And I just didn't think that he was going to last. I didn't think he'd be able to get up like just because he'd never really had to show that he could do that. And nobody does that with Islam. And when he kept getting up, I was just like, holy shit. He's so fucking legit, man. He's just so fucking tough. He's so tough. Like, and he doesn't even have... Because he's so tough, and it is that fucking rugby league that he played, like, at his size, like... And, and, you know, like, you don't even need to be, like, a technically better wrestler or anything like that. Like, everybody in MMA that speaks about Islam that's fought him or or that has trained with him, they all talk about how, like, strong he is and how hard it, you know, how hard it is to get up and how easy it is for him to hold you down and what he feels like and all that. And it's like, Volk was just like, he's, Volk went back to his corner and said he's not even that, he doesn't even feel that strong. Even after the fight, Volk was saying he he still felt, I don't think he said he felt intimidated, but he said he felt he was conscious of Islam's power and strength so much that it wasn't until the last round when he had to go a bit of a Hail Mary where he realised, fuck, I could have actually probably gone on the attack, you know, taken him down and done this ground and pound stuff earlier in the fight. But Islam wasn't that tired early in the fight. I know, but Volk was saying at the start of the fight to his corner and stuff, he's not that strong. But he probably gave him heaps of respect and didn't didn't be didn't get on the offense in, in those situations and tried to keep it completely on the feet to his advantage. Whereas he, he maybe he could have I just think it needed to get if the fight goes longer he wins, but I don't think he wins the I still don't think he wins the earlier rounds. No, he didn't. When Islam's not tired. Not one, not one putt, yeah. But, I mean, he fucking, he he kept getting up. Like, it's crazy, man. Like, these, especially for his the size as well. Um, Just amazing, hey. He lost the rounds, but he won the fight. He won the fight, yeah. And he so, won the hearts. And I reckon he might do better next time. I think he will. fight that, again. That's half what I'm trying to say. I think if he fights him again feel like Volk's confidence on the ground will be so much higher. He'll be less intimidated in that side of the game. You know, I just feel like a rematch would suit Volk more than it would suit Islam. I don't know, man. It's like you're going to... I think Islam's only going to get better from that too if they fight again. And he's obviously going to train a lot harder. His striking was good. He was getting Volk with those lefts mm. regularly. Yeah. But they, they, their, their striking looks better when the other, when the, when the opponent's so worried about the takedown. Yeah, it always does. Maybe if they fight again, Volk won't be as worried about the takedown, and he'll strike better because his striking was was sloppier, I thought, than it had been. Lately, yeah, probably in his last three. I hope they run it back because, yeah, that's that's the one to make. Islam just tweeted, "Who's next?" Like a couple of hours ago. Oh, did he? Yeah, I thought they were gonna. Um, I know. And Volk's commented it saying something like, run it back with me. Yeah, well, they were all they went and like had a moment together backstage after the fight. That was really nice if you saw it on social media. And then they both agreed to doing a rematch. Mm. So it'd be pretty shit if they didn't. Really I could see did. how he probably would want to avoid it though, Islam, because he nearly lost that. Yeah, I just, I just hope Volk stays sort of true to himself and just stay humble and how he's been the whole time. Doesn't get too caught up in the the hype and the having to make this 
grudge and stuff between them because I feel like I'm reading a lot of stuff where he's talking about, and I love Volk so much, Minga. I don't want him to talk too much about how he thinks he won the fight and all that kind of stuff. And he's probably feels like he's got to do that to sell fights and create something. But I don't think he needs to do that. I think the way he was straight after the fight, you know, in the octagon getting interviewed and stuff was so humble and so good. And it won everyone over. And that's probably the true him. And then there's all the shit talk stuff. It just didn't seem as just didn't seem as vulky to me. I don't know how you felt, but that's how I felt a little bit. Yeah, nah, I, yeah, I believe he can do it if they go again. I think they'll both be better though. I think it'll be an, another great fight. So let's hope it happens. Uh, what did you, you wouldn't talk, actually, do you know what I wanted you to talk about? Um, what's his name, Jack Ginnivan? Is that how you say it? Yeah. I the young Collingwood player that got caught doing coke? Yeah, Jack Ginnivan. So what, what exactly happened? So Collingwood were on a training camp in Torquay and it was the end of the training camp and he was at the pub in Torquay and apparently he was with his non-footy mates. Can't remember where he's from. I think he's from Country Vic. Um, yeah, anyway, he's country... He's, sorry, his non-footy mates apparently were the ones there. Could be bullshit. And... Someone filmed him in the cubicle doing, doing. I, think, I don't know if it was coke or ketamine or something. Yeah, that's what I read. So when someone, when they say someone filmed him in the cubicle, did they, was he, did they see him go in the cubicle and did they jump into the one next to him and chuck the phone over the top on yeah, the court? Yeah, it would be some sort of setup like that. Did you see the footage? Nah, but then I think that person has. Is it out there? I don't think it's even out there, but I think that That's person's weird. gone to the news or gone to Collingwood or dobbed on him and yeah. said, I've got the footage. And, and obviously that footage is probably being given to Collingwood or that AFL or someone. They would have sold it to someone, yeah. They sold it and, and yeah, so he's had to come out and confess. I'm surprised that footage isn't doing the rounds though. Yeah, somehow it's just been kept, I don't know, It's just it hasn't done the rounds. I, well, I haven't seen it anyway. Have you seen it? No, I haven't gone looking. I don't really know how you go looking for that stuff. But could the, would the AFL just cover throw money at that and cover it up? I don't know if there's any reason to cover the footage up because I feel like if that would happen to an NRL player, that footage would be doing the rounds. I don't know. It usually does get out. It's kind of weird that it hasn't. Yeah, that's interesting. But uh, yeah, it's raised a bit of a debate. I mean, I heard um. Nathan Buckley and Kane Corns talking about it on a like a sports program. Bucks obviously used to coach Ginnivan for a bit, and he was sort of talking about how it's it's what approach Collingwood should be taking in these situations, and I guess it's relative to all sports in these. Like, how should they treat it? Should they punish him hard? Do they put their arms around him? What sort of approach they go? With? Kane Corns, man, this this bloke is such a cuck. A cuck. He's a cuck, man. Honestly, what is this guy's deal? Kane reckons he didn't see drugs in his 15-year AFL career. Yeah, what the fuck is he talking about, man? Does that mean he was never out with the boys? Yeah, well, it had to mean that. Because as if they weren't doing it. As if he'd never see it. Like, don't is he fucking taking the piss? He's talking shit, surely. He said he hates the AFL players. And, and he's talking about all sports, I think, are branded with this we all take drugs sort of brush. 
and he was saying in the thing he takes offence to it because in his fifteen years he never saw it. Fuck off! I don't know, Mingo. Like, why would he say that and it not be true? Maybe because he's just trying to. Well, he's a cuck first and foremost. Can I, can I ask what a cuck is? A cuck is um, a guy who um, watches his wife get fucked by other blokes. <laughs> That's Kane, that is exactly the kind of person Kane Corn seems like to me. With those kind of comments. Cause you hear all stories about, you know, players, especially like the older um generations, they all like to party. They're only human. Like it doesn't make you like a worse person if every couple of months, you know, you do it you you know, have a bit of cocaine when you're on the piss, like Whatever. You're not a drug addict. <laughs> like, alcohol's worse than that shit anyway. What are your thoughts on... <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on it, Minga? On just sport, just sports, high-profile, whatever they are. Uh, sports people getting caught doing it in public. I think they should, they should just, if they're going to do it, be more careful about it. I don't, like, man, it's... I'm, I, I believe that, like... Alcohol is probably the worst drug. Um, it just kind of brings more devastation to society than pretty much any of the others besides something like meth or something like that. Um, but it's just everybody just overlooks that and then when someone got like this gets caught doing like a bit of cocaine, which they probably do like in the off-season only and prob- and I dare say not every fucking day or even every week, like it's a massive deal but that's just... It's such bullshit, man. Like, I just think people need to need to wake up and stop looking at it like the way it's looked at. Like, you can do stuff like that and not be a terrible person. It's like it's the same with alcohol. You can drink alcohol and not be a terrible person, but when you start doing it too much, and it starts, um, you know, negatively affecting people around you and stuff like that, that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah, that's, that's think, what um, I think. Kane Corns was actually sucking about how they're not hard enough on it. And then in a few weeks, it'll blow over, which I think is bullshit as well. And I agree with what you're saying there. Like, he said he said it would be a bigger deal if a player rocked up smoking a dart than it would be if a, if a guy got caught in the dunnies. Like what he's doing. Like, the dart would be, like, more condemned. Yeah. It probably would. It probably would. <laughs> It's probably it's probably worse for your footy career than, than having a having a couple of lines in the in the off season. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one, Minga. It's a really weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it sucks. Like his his comments suck. What did Buck say? Buck's approach was his attitude was how would you treat your kid if if this had happened to your kid? And his answer was for Buck's situation. That's such a dad thing to say. He put his arm around the kid and. Just help them through whatever the situation is. Yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't crucify them. Fuck no. Uh, and I think that's probably a good way to look at it for bucks. By but by bucks, you know, it's 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 Collingwood aren't going to go out there and go, he's fucking goose. Yeah, we're off him and we're going to sack him. So you got bucks, who's a father figure, and he's just an all round dad, one of the last dads even, and um. Then you've got then you've got this cocaine corns coming out and saying you should crucify the kid because cocaine corns has never seen anybody do a drug in his life. Oh, cocaine's. 
Yeah, it's bizarre. Kane Corns has also been known to come out and say, like, players shouldn't... Um, did he crack at it? So a player a couple of years ago, Ollie Wines, who actually won the Brownlow, he... Um, I think he came off a jet ski or he came off a, a skateboard or something. He was doing some sort of extreme sport in the off-season. And Kane's came out pub- Kane came out publicly and, and said, AFL players shouldn't be doing those things. <laughs> Um, See, is he that? Is he actually that much of a cuck, or does he just say all this stuff just to get like um, traction? In really goes, you know, he really goes to that 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 approach of AFL players should be taking minimal risks in everything they do that could potentially affect them or their club, and he and he takes it way too far. But I think that's the narrative he goes for. So he's got to kind of run it. And what I hate is when people give an opinion on something. And they end up barracking for their narrative. Mm. Like, even to the detriment of someone else. I hate that. So Kane says this thing and he's basically got to, he's got to stick to it and he's got to run it in every situation. And it kills me a bit. He can't, he can't change your opinion. He can't, I don't know. He just barracks for his own narratives, which kills me. Yeah. Last year he, um, with Ginevan, the guy that actually got done, Kane, Kane bagged the shit out of him. He so he had a really good year last year. It was his breakout year. I think it was only his second year. And he was a Larry kind of kid. He dyed his hair. It actually started in round one when they Do you remember this? Yeah. They got a GoPro out on the game. I think we actually spoke about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Jack Ginnivan, same guy. Yeah, right. Um Kane copped it for sort of bagging how a new age 20-year-old or 18, 19-year-old kid behaves with social media and all that and copped a bit of shit. Turns out he's not even connected with people his own age. Yeah, well, yeah. He, he ended up, Kane ended up flipping it and him and Ginevan had like this public sort of, because he went hard on him about a few things after that. Ended up flipping it and saying, Jack's my boy. And he, he kind of did change his narrative on it a little bit. But then now Jack's done the old... The old Dunny busting, and Kane's—he's not off Jack, but he's—he's he's off the whole thing. He's gone a bit, bit uh, kind of grandpa mode on it again. Yeah, I really hope that guy's not around in media for forever. Because imagine like having to deal with listening to his shit house takes on everything. He's actually the guy uh, that when said, he's into like his fifties or sixties. Yeah. Imagine the takes he's going to have when he's 60 years old if he's still in the media. Pretty sure he's the one that said Novak's the greatest ever sportsman. Yeah, he was. You said that. That's what I mean. That's why, like, I can't stand that bloke. Yeah. I just want to block out everything he says. But the problem is it just pops up everywhere now. It's funny because, like, we're giving him airtime and it's probably exactly what he wants. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's what I mean. Like, is, it, is, he, is he not actually that much of a cuck or does, is, is he just doing it for that or... I've heard he's not that much of a cuck in real life. Yeah, right. Because sometimes people in the media end up like that, don't they? They have to. They have to sort of have their little niche thing and he's just better cuck. But let's not give him the benefit of the doubt. Nah. He doesn't deserve it. Nah, he's a cuck. Um, so, anyway, what about the cricket? Oh, shit. Did you watch any of it, Mingo? Nah. you've been a hopeless with the cricket I know I'm just yeah I hear about it all though cricket test cricket when Australia play overseas is so good 
because mm. it's hard and it's it's exciting because it's hard and we're playing we can play a shit team in their country and and it's still it's really hard for us to win over there it's for hard for any touring team to win yeah and India in India they're saying is sort of the holy grail of of an away tour to win we went there as the number one team and we've been fucking smoked. Yeah. Was that so is that saying everybody struggles against India when they go over there? Yeah, India at home are probably the best home team, I would say, because their conditions are so unique. And the they, pitches. The pitches. And they play their conditions so well. And their players obviously are suited to their conditions. And it's spin suited? Spin is suited and it it gets technical with the sp- even the spin. Like Nathan Lyonminger, he's the greatest off, off spinner Australia's ever had, right? And in Australia, the, the pitches bounce, and in India and the subcontinent, they're dusty and they spin sideways, right? So it's different. It keeps low and spins like it rips. Mm. Whereas in Australia, it doesn't spin as far, but it bounces higher. Yeah. Um. Nathan Lyon gets a lot of overspin on the ball, which means like it spins forward a lot, which helps it bounce high because he's from Australia and that suits Australian conditions. When he goes over there, that that bowling technique that he's got, it does it doesn't suit it because he he needs to be ripping the ball sideways, which he can't really do. So he kind of struggles a bit over there. Their spinners they bowl with all this side spin, so so we, that doesn't suit them here. Oh, their spinners are still good, but they do do a bit of damage here, but they do heaps less damage here. And Nathan Lyon, you know, probably out-bowls them in Australia. These spinners over there are like world-class because there's a lot more spinners come from India, maybe because they've got about 5 billion people, but also because the, a lot of them bowl spin. Yeah. Um, oh, do you know what I wanted to ask? You might know about um, Indian cricket. Because you know how you said they've got fucking five billion people or whatever. I think they've... How many watched the World Cup final? Uh, probably about five billion. No, remember the World Cup soccer? Oh, was it 20 billion? Yeah, I thought it was 25 bill. Yeah, it was in the bills. It was the high bills, but... <laughs> um, Yeah, what I wanted to ask was, with the Indian cricket, right, do they... Like, because I don't know, and I I probably just haven't been paying close enough attention, but do they have stories, like, you know how you get these stories in sport of, like, people coming out of the slums, like, in countries like that, where they have, like, a lot of poverty, um, you know, like, a lot of Brazilians have those stories, like, Adriano de Souza and Jose Aldo and stuff like that, where yeah. they grew up in, like, favelas, and they become world champions, and, you know, it's a, it's a massive thing, and everybody gets around it. Is... In India, do you have cricketers that come from like the slums and then they get, um, you know, recognised and and lifted up and spoken about because of like that they've made it from nothing? Or in India, is cricket something that um, is only accessible to um, people with money? It's an excellent question. I know they they all play cricket. Like on the streets, there'll be cricket games going on. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure... In India, and I, and I know for sure in Sri Lanka, it's like school cricket, and 
their districts and stuff. So I don't know if you've got to have money to play in these kind of higher level real matches. I'm not sure how it is in India, but I do know that the the actual national cricketers live like kings. But would they just not go through? The thing is, like, are the, is there is there kids in like the slums in India? Yeah, because there's so many people you'd never know that are just like super talented, but never get picked up because they're not in the programs where they're going to training, playing on nice pitches, yeah. um, going through. Like, is that happening? Because I feel like I guess India, I would say yes. Yeah, I, I feel like India is the kind of place where that would happen. Yeah, I would say probably yes. I, you often see videos that go viral of Indian kids and their dads and they'll, they'll make a video of like an eight-year-old kid batting and they'll send it and it'll go viral and then that kid will get, you know, there was a, there was a kid that bowled leggies. I think he was like an Indian, but he was in England or something. And, you know, Warney saw the video and Warney put the video on Twitter and... It was an English Indian kid. It was an English Indian kid. He actually yeah. just played a game. So he wasn't even Indian. Yeah, but I feel like he was in India. I don't know. There's been Indian little kids just going... Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it, was, it was an English Indian kid, but he was in India when this video was taken of him. <laughs> well, actually... Go on, but it's not really what we're talking about. Nah. <laughs> So this kid was Indian. <laughs> and Warney, I think Warney saw a video with this kid. Mm. Now, I can't confidently say it was in England. But this kid bowled leggies in front of Warney in the flesh. After Warney saw the video? I think so. Okay. But I don't know where he was in the video, right? Oh, maybe they took him to India. No, I think they took him so to Shane England. Shane Palace. <laughs> anyway, kid ended up playing for in, for England. Who? He debuted a couple... Remember I told you he was like a 19-year-old? No. He debuted within the last four months, I reckon. What was his name? Can't remember. <laughs> anyway... There are those stories of those kids getting snapped up off social media and stuff, but yeah, yeah to but answer your question, Mingo, I'm not quite sure <laughs> if the kids from the favelas can play. For it's not India. some. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about kids from fucking Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's true because I reckon it's true that you probably do need to have money to make it there to go through the right um, programs and stuff like that because. How, wouldn't you hear, like, I don't know if you've watched many documentaries on Indian cricket players, but wouldn't there be a story about one of the, where it would be like, oh, yeah, he came from nothing? Like, wouldn't that be a big thing that you'd hear about? I think so. And I don't know. I don't that's know never in their, in their tale. I, I just don't know if I haven't looked into their, their tales enough. Yeah, which could also be. Which could thing. also be the case. But I feel like you'd see it on Fox Sports or something when they do To me, they all come crazy. across as like very privileged Indians, the national cricketers. I don't know if they've become privileged or if they've always been privileged. But to me, they come across as that. A lot of them. I won't say they all do, but a lot of them do. Yeah. Um, if anybody knows, um, reach out. Well, the Crick Oracle hopefully is listening. The Crick Oracle would know. He would know. And we'll, 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 we'll ask him, actually. Yeah, we'll ask the Crick Oracle. But, Minga, Australia, we got bowled out for 100 and 
So in this, the match that just happened, right? We got smoked in three days in the first test. In mm. the second test that just finished, we had a one-run lead at the end of the first innings. Should have been more, but it was one run, which gives us a huge chance because we're batting. We batted first. We got rolled for 112 or something in our second innings, and India chased it down really easily. Mm. Australia adopted this method of playing the sweep shot, which some players can play well against spin. Do you, you know the sweep shot? Yep, I know it well. You do know it well. And I think six of our top eight batters or something went out playing a sweep shot. Why did they do that? It was an obvious sort of game plan thing, and it was fucking dog shit. Pat Cummins, not a batsman. He's the, he's the captain, though. First ball, tried to sweep it, got bowled. It's just a shocking now, look. Now, I... You don't have to listen. You don't have to say Pat Cummins, not a batsman. He's a bowler. To he's to cap. He's a captain. I know that. Okay. I might not watch a lot of it, but I know that. All right. You don't know. <laughs> you might think he's a bowler. Who cares if he went out mm. batting? Yeah. But I care. What did it, was he like a night watchman or something? No, he came in. Australia was struggling. All these guys had gone out playing, oh, I know what playing you mean. a sweep shot. Yeah. He comes in first ball, plays a fucking sweep shot. He can bat. He actually can bat. Yeah. But he did that. He did the same thing that all the other guys were getting It's just out an doing. irresponsible way, way of playing. And there's like a. There's this fine line in cricket between like playing a natural game. And having a bit of guts and a bit of the C word about you when you're playing, go, nah, I'm going to actually dig in here and have a crack. Because there's players, let's do, we'll use like a David Warner, for example, right? He's an aggressive batsman. So when, when any of these aggressive batsmen are going well, it's like, well, that's the, way, that's the way he plays. Like he goes pretty hard and he makes runs fast, but he, he often does go out and get caught playing a big shot. You know, but that's the way he plays. We're going to cop it sweet, and then there's a fine line between that, which I agree with in a way. But there's also sometimes someone can lose their sense of responsibility when they play these shots and do these things when times are tough. When it is time to actually go, oh, I'm going to dig in here and bat for three hours, and I'm going to fucking show a bit of fight. So they come out there and they go, oh, we're going to play sweep shots today. Cummins comes in. Six people have gone out to a sweep shot. He comes in and goes, yeah, fuck it. That was our plan. I'm just going to keep doing it. And I just find that to be pretty weak and I didn't like it. Well, that brings me to the next thing I was going to ask you. Do they give a fuck? Because, like, I feel like the swaying form, like, you, you've mentioned the pitches and everything, but do they actually give a fuck, man? Like, that's the thing. Oh, they would, Minga. Like, and we've got to remember that there's a lot of hysteria at the moment because of how poor we've gone. But we've, we have only lost two games against India, who's probably a you know, top two team in their country. Like it's you probably don't want to get too carried away when things are going bad or when things are going good, you know? And they're going bad at the moment. I don't know. Hopefully things can change. But there's a lot of talk about the lack of hard edge with us in these situations when we lose, you know, the whole Langer factor. Yeah. Which... I don't know, it could be good, could be bad. If Langer was there and the same result had happened, it would probably be real tense and hard to come back from it. 
maybe with the relaxed sort of Cummins, Andrew McDonald approach, they'll the they won't care less, but they'll have more. They'll have less less stress and tension in going into the next game. It could help them. Um, what do you? But I think we'll get smoked, and I think we'll lose four 0 What did you? What do you know about the whole Matt Hayden offering um, to give batting advice for free? Yeah, I read something. I read a headline about that. That's actually a thing, isn't it? I think you'd take that for free, wouldn't you? <laughs> well, they you need seen, a bit of Matt Hayden about them. Have you seen Haydos's hammies and quads? No, but I'd imagine they're fucking huge. They're fatherly. And when Corbs said well, that... He's carried if, a few kids in that ball bag. Yes. <laughs> fucking strong set of quads on him yeah, for yes, sure. Yes, yes. He... Um, He's a good man, Hados. I say get him. I say get him in there, Minga. We'll take all the help we can get. These guys have been there; they've done that in India. You know, listen to him, Adam Gilchrist. He captained Australia tour last tour, to first and last tour of Australia that, that won in India that long ago, two thousand and four, I think it was. Holy shit! Um, Gilly captained that side. I think Steve War, who would have been captain, punter, was out. And Gilly captained, and he offered a bit of advice. So I think, like, I'd be taking it. Yeah. That's, that's relevant. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they do, Minga. But uh, it's a good... You should you should start watching it. Watch the next test. It's on a really good time slot. It's like 2, uh, 3 till sort of 10.30. Couldn't be any better, Minga. Well, the thing is, I do things, you know? <laughs> and you can, and it's hard for me to fo- to make time to watch cricket. Look, I think you don't like test cricket, right? Not really. It's, I, do you know what? It's not that I don't like it. It's just not something that I'd spend my time watching. I'd spend my time watching I'd, other things. Let me just say, test cricket in India is dominated generally. Oh, it's often dominated by the bowling, and I think test cricket in general, when it's dominated by bowling, is way more exciting. Any runs are like, you know, it's magic to get a 50 or a 100. Mm-hmm. Same as when we play often in England. Yeah. When we play in Australia, it's, it's often dominated by batting. We're playing on these flat wickets and it's like really high scoring and just not as exciting. Yeah. Whereas over there, every ball, something can happen. And I think that, that, could, that could be an appeal to you, Bingo. You know, on a <laughs> Thursday night, you get home and you're thinking, what am I going to do here? You know, sit on the couch, Dublin's there. No one's home. KO on. You know, watch Pat Cummins play a sweep. If no one was home, I probably would put it on. You would? Maybe. Just give it a go. All right. Just watch watch one test. Oh, well, look, let me know when it's on. The thing is, I've pl- I grew up playing cricket. Yeah, no, I know. You're I know, fast. And, I'm a, and uh, you know, I just... And I used to watch it a little bit, like, when I was a bit younger, but I just haven't. I just kind of strayed away from it a bit because it's just, you know, you don't have time. I mean, yeah, I watch the horses these days, right? Yeah. I would have never watched a horse race until I started this podcast. Yeah, but a horse race goes for two minutes. Yeah, but, but, <laughs> yeah, but we speak about it and we spend hours and hours <laughs> on this stuff. Well, you got to if you want to back winners. Oh, I'm just saying, Mika. Like, I've given that a crack. It's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, 
you might be asking a bit much. Taking the notes I've written today, listening to the Oracle, a couple of months ago, I wouldn't have known a word he was talking about. I still kind of don't. Listen, ask me to do, I'll do anything for you. You know that. But watching a test match, <laughs> you know, come on, you ask. You might be asking a bit much. That's disappointing, <laughs> me, yeah. That's, geez, that's disappointing. <laughs> no, anyway, look, um, did you have anything else to talk about? Because I've got there's a UFC on this weekend, uh, UFC Fight Night, Krillov versus Span. Yeah, and I've got a decent little multi. Yep, talk uh, to me. Um, now you get like three fifty for it. The first one's Andre Muniz versus Brandon Allen. Now Andre Muniz is a dollar forty three, and he's going to tear through Brandon Allen. He should be fighting probably guys that are a bit higher up the rankings than Brendan. I'm not sure why he's got this fight. He's actually been off for a little bit, Muniz, so I think he might have had an injury. So it's probably why he's come back and they've only accepted a fight like this because they probably want to warm him back up. But he's a, he's a bit of a killer and he's just been pretty much tearing people's limbs and heads off. Um, I think he could do a bit of damage up the top of that division. So I think $1.43 is pretty... Pretty generous for him to beat Brendan Allen. So, whilst it's a generous price, it's not enough to take on its own. So, another thing that I like when I saw these odds is for the main fight, Nikita Krilov versus Ryan Spann. The thing that I like about this is Ryan Spann's at 244, and I don't understand why. Um, His last two fights, he's cleaned his opponents up really quickly, one of them being Dominic Reyes, who... Push John Jones to a decision. Is that that when he put him stiff on the easy card? Yeah, I think it, yeah, it was on the easy card. We watched that. Remember? He, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he came out and said, "Oh, I, I actually trained for this fight." Yeah, yeah, that's him acting like he didn't train for his other fights. Apparently, he's paying two forty eight. He's paying two forty four. Um, now, Krilov's probably a more well rounded fighter, but Krilov um gets hit. Like, he gets hit in every fight he's in. Um, And I just think that these odds are stupid because Ryan Spann's going to hit him. And when Ryan Spann hits people, they usually go to sleep. (laughs) That's why I just can't make sense about it. Maybe the odds are that low because Krilov can wrestle. But he's not like... He's not a dominant wrestler. And I'm sure that's going to be his game plan because it'd be silly to, like, stand up with him. But I've seen Krilov fight... Guys where that should have been his game plan the whole time as well, but he ends up getting hit by them. So I feel like if you um, take that 244 multi-Andre Muniz with Ryan Spann, I wouldn't I wouldn't lock it. I wouldn't chew it in, but um, I think it's a good little multi. I like it. Probably the best you're going to get on that card. That's like 350. It, so between that and the Oracle's tips, I think you can... Surely make a bit of money this yeah, weekend. I'm excited for the Oracle's tips and a little reload in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Oracle's tips sounded really good. If you haven't listened to that, um, go give that a listen. Uh, so we'll be to wrap it up then. Have you got anything else you wanted to talk about? Nah, I'm good, Bingo. I've actually got to get head to the airport. All right, sweet. Thanks for listening. <laughs>